Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. It is the day after Christmas. It's a Saturday, and Christopher is with me. Hello. Merry Christmas to all. We're actually recording this on Christmas. Yes, we are. We're, we're not exactly ahead on these Saturday shows. Uh, not anymore. No, we were for a while. We were we, doing really yeah, well. Yeah, we'll, we were crushing it. We'll catch up again because we have to before baby. Yeah. For sure. Like big time. For real. Yeah, we're, but. We're going to be recording August and January. Well, I thought that you were going to be home earlier yesterday and we would do it yesterday. And then you got home. We had dinner and we were like, man, we'll do it tomorrow, even though it's Christmas. So it's Christmas morning. We've had breakfast. We've opened some gifts. We're headed to my mom's in a little bit. Low-key Christmas. That's the fact, Jack. I have to say, I have to give Chris, like, public credit. He has, it, let's just call it like it is, he has failed spectacularly at gift giving. <laughs> spectacularly. If there was a gold medal for giving bad gifts, this guy would have three of them. He's done poorly. Either no gift at all or, like, really just not good gifts and this year you did very very well the challenge with that is you've set a new standard no like you you know what it seems like you call it an anomaly you know what happened this year that was different you listened to me like not me saying i want this for christmas but just like casual conversations you listened and then all of a sudden those things were gifts and that was that was just so lovely well i won't let it happen again so You've, you've set a high bar I wouldn't call it a high bar. It's like a medium bar. But, I mean, we're not really gift people. No. No, we're really neither one of us. It's so funny because, like, I texted you yesterday. One of our tenants gave us a Christmas gift. I'm like, we got to get something for her. Like, it didn't even cross my mind. And then somebody else gave you a gift. I'm like, oh, we both just don't value gift giving. So we're, we're really easy when it comes to getting gifts, but we're just really not the people like I've seen people on social media that like send out gifts to like everybody anybody that they've ever worked with any colleague any client and I'm like I just sounds exhausting that's not me I mean honestly I've done very this has been a tough year and I've done very little of the Christmasing stuff I got gifts for you the only reason I got gifts for my mom and my sister it's because we're seeing them today. <laughs> otherwise. And I hope you enjoy hearing that when you listen to the episode. <laughs> Other, otherwise. <laughs> o- otherwise, honestly, like, I'm just. <laughs> our presence is our presence. There you go. I know. It's so crazy. Anyway, speaking of presence, though, we're good at giving things away here. Yeah. Oddly enough. I know. Because um, <laughs> it's like a routine. Anyway, I thought we would do something a little different this week. What are you thinking? Hundo cash. Hundo cash? Cash money. Ha, I love Hong Kong. <laughs> what? Ching, ching. <laughs> we can't air that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> sure we can. <laughs> That's so 
totally inappropriate. It's fine. No, they, it works. Go. Oh. Some people will understand the the reference. It's fine. Is it a movie reference? It's it's a reference. Okay. Just, anyway. Let's just. We're <laughs> you know what? If it weren't Christmas, I would just edit that out and start over. But forget you. Pay me. <laughs> but a different F word. Um, a hundred dollars cash. That's pretty darn generous. But here's the thing. I want to change up what you got to do to get it. Yes, you have to send me 200 cash. <laughs> no, here's what I'm thinking. Instead of announcing the winner at the end of today's show, oh. I will announce the winner on January 1st. Start the new year with a hundo cash. There you go. And I'll announce it in the Primal Potential Facebook group. So you got to wow. be in the Primal Potential Facebook group to know if you won. It's free. Anybody can join. It's easy. Um, all you have to do to win... And it's a small window, so your chances are pretty good because you only have a few days to do this, right? The 26th when this airs through the 31st because I'm going to announce the winner on the 1st. All you have to do is share on Facebook or Instagram and tag me your favorite episode of the Primal Potential Podcast. If you're, or if you're like, I don't know a favorite, one you've loved recently. All you have to do is share that on your Facebook or your Instagram, not in the Primal Potential Facebook group, your Facebook or your Instagram and tag me. And on January 1st, I will tell you to whom I am sending $100 cash. Jeez, we're three minutes into the episode, and you just got everybody to pause it and jump on and start commenting. $100? Low, that's a lot of money. That's okay. Hey, it's a good way to start the new year. It is. You can be a little nest egg. You know what? Invest well, the $100. In yourself. No, like anywhere. And maybe it's $200 at the end of the year. You know? Maybe. You can turn $100 into a lot of things. Okay. So that's the way it's going to work. We won't announce the winner at the end of today's show, but you could win $100 cash if between now and the end of the day, January th um, December 31st, you post on your Facebook or your Instagram one of your favorite Primal Potential podcast episodes and you tag me, I will announce the winner in the free Primal Potential Facebook group on January 1st and we will just send you $100 cash, no need to cash a check cash money to you no matter where you live in the world on january 1st okay. big, big baller we got questions we do have questions What's first here? question uh, what do you guys love most about each other me and you well i'm guessing yes then unless there's somebody else in here they're asking mm. i'll go first or do you want to go first wow the hesitation feels really good you want me to go first you can go first the two things that come to mind immediately one is your loyalty, like everybody needs a friend like Chris. He is the, he, it doesn't matter if you knew him from 20 years ago or you just met him yesterday, like he will show up for you. He is seriously like the most loyal person. Um, so your loyalty, he's had the same group of friends since like kindergarten. Kind of sounds like an indictment. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no I, I think that's incredibly impressive. And then the other thing I would say that's right up there with that is your sense of humor. And you all know how good that is. Yeah, even when, I mean, well, here's the thing. Most of the time it's inappropriate. Super inappropriate. Um, but it is very funny. And I love Elizabeth's constant searching for knowledge. She's always reading something and getting more information about anything, whether it be investments, whether it be weight loss. Whether, I mean, she's just always learning, Ri writing books. Mm -hmm. uh, and she is forever generous with her time, with her ear, uh, and as in listening. Um, 
uh, in, in passing on the knowledge that she has gained. Uh, and she's she's a very generous person. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. She's got a great smile. Let's move on to the next one. In her eyes. Okay, next. In that butt. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> anyway. All right. Question number two. Uh, counting calories and macros gives me anxiety. Can I lose fat and keep it off without counting? Okay. Counting calories and macros does not give you anxiety. How you think about it does, right? There is nothing anxiety producing about counting. What produces anxiety is either the fixation you put on it or the way you stress about it. So I think that's such an important thing to point out. It is not counting that gives you anxiety. It is the story you tell yourself about it. It's the way you approach it. It's your perspective that gives you anxiety. So while I personally am not a counter, that's a, just a high maintenance kind of thing that I'm, a, I'm an easy kind of go with the flow kind of person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into anything that's like laborious on the daily. Um, but with that said... I think anybody can do it without anxiety. It's not the counting that's the problem. It's the perspective that's the problem. So that's that's the first thing. The second, can you lose weight and keep it off without counting calories and counting macros? Absolutely. I mean, if you're looking for evidence, I would say millions of people have done it, right? Because there are tons of strategies and ways to lose weight. Counting calories and macros is one of them. But here's the thing. What's the calorie count of stress? What's the calorie count of sleep? These are two things, and there are many, many more, but they're two things that have a dramatic impact on your body's ability to and willingness to burn fat that don't have calories, right? And macros is calorie counting. Like, let's just, for those that don't know, everybody's pretty clear on what calorie counting is. Macro counting is counting grams of protein, grams of fat, grams of carb, but you're still counting calories. It's just that one gram of fat has nine calories, one gram of fat is still one, right? So you just would have a lower fat macro allowance than say protein. Protein every gram has four calories. So you count a gram of protein as one. You're still calorie counting. You're just doing it in a different way, right? You're doing it in groups of four, groups of nine versus single calories. Um, It does allow for, you know, you can't have, if you're counting macros, it's, it's giving you a little bit more inherent balance because you could eat 2,000 calories of carbs or 2,000 calories of pure fat. Very, very different effect on your body. With macros, you're basically looking to make sure you have more balance because you're trying to ensure that of the calories you're consuming, a certain amount are coming from protein, a certain amount from carb, a certain amount from fat. However, the reality is there are many, many ways to successfully lose weight that do not include counting. You can journal and eyeball it. And you're not eyeballing, hmm, how many calories is that? You're eyeballing like, am I fueling my body well? Am I eating when I'm hungry? Am I eating when I'm not hungry? Uh, Is my body responding to what I'm eating? All of those different things. You can also pursue improvements. How can I make today a little bit better than yesterday? One of the questions that I love is, if I'm eating for satisfaction, how can I make it more nourishing? And if I'm eating for nourishment, how can I make it more satisfying, right? So if you know, like, well, I'm going to be having uh, pizza. Okay, that's something that most people are going to eat 
for satisfaction. Like they love pizza, it's indulgent. How can I make it more nourishing? Maybe I'm gonna have 60% of my meal be salad and 40% of my meal be pizza or something along those lines. But the answer is yes, for sure. And I would say we've done probably over 100 episodes of the podcast on fat loss that does not have anything to do with calorie or macro counting. So dive into the podcast. You're going to find a lot there. But just remember that it's not the counting that gives you anxiety. It is your perspective on it, your thoughts about it, your mindset around it. So Hmm. we do have lots of episodes, many, lots of them. Yeah. All right. So next question. I'd love to hear you talk about nightshades and if they're actually unhealthy. Well, I think we love our blackout shades in our bedroom. Nightshades. Okay. So Nightshades, unlike you, do you know what nightshades are? Yeah, you put them on your windows; they block out the light at night. Do you know the food variation of nightshades? I have heard of them. Okay. Do you know what food would be classified as a nightshade? Uh, I would think that the nightshade variety of food would be considered <laughs> nightshades. <laughs> okay, he's super helpful. All right, nightshades are basically a category of plants, and you can Google like list of nightshade vegetables and you'll pop up but like um peppers of all varieties bell peppers spicy peppers it's a nightshade that's a nightshade I love nightshades potatoes are nightshades i am do. a potato <laughs> <laughs> tomatoes are nightshades no joking eggplant is a nightshade okay here's the whole shtick with nightshades essentially remember we're talking about plants here There are components of some plants that are in the plant to protect the plant, right? So if it's growing out in the wild, it's a deterrent for things to eat it because it wants to survive. So a lot of plants have built-in protective mechanisms so that they're not attractive to animals so that they can thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Those are inherent in plants even as we eat them. Most of the time, the human body is equipped to break down these things. That's why some vegetables are better for you cooked versus raw. That's why things like digestive enzymes and probiotics are really important because they help break down these components of plants that out in the wild don't break down animals very easily. But we're not a mouse. We're not a fox. We're humans. We are built differently. When we talk about nightshade vegetables, again, peppers, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, that sort of thing, you can Google if you're not sure what nightshade vegetables are. Um, they can be problematic for people who have immune challenges. Here's the thing, though. To the question, like, are they actually bad? No, not necessarily. One way to think about this is, do you have an autoimmune condition? Okay? Now, I actually do. Having Hashimoto's, that is an autoimmune condition. Do I avoid nightshade vegetables? No, I don't. I'll tell you why. I think about things in terms of like big rock, small rock, okay? Big rock being something that really, really makes a difference. Small rock being something that doesn't so much. Uh, I think having like a water filter as a big rock. I think that, um, you know, not drinking and eating out of plastics is a big rock for me. That doesn't mean it's a big rock for somebody else. For example, if I come across somebody who is having processed sugar every single day, drinking soda every single day, am I going to tell them that a water filter is a big rock for them? Not Not a chance in the world, right? Because they've got bigger fish to fry. And this is kind of how I think about nightshade vegetables. If you are somebody who eats 
super clean. You don't have processed foods. You don't have sugars. You meditate regularly. You're getting plenty of sleep and you're having an autoimmune flare. Might it be helpful to limit or avoid nightshade vegetables and see if you have a positive response to that removal? Yes, absolutely. But if you are like most people and you're not getting enough sleep, you're overly stressed out, you're not doing self-care things like meditating, you're regularly consuming processed foods or sugar, regularly can be once daily, could be four times daily, could be three times a week. Those things are way bigger rocks than not having a green pepper or a slice of tomato, you know? So we've got to really think about big rock, small rock. Again, if you are somebody who has dialed it in so far, your nutrition is super clean, your hydration is on point, you're working out regularly, you're meditating, and you're having an autoimmune issue of any kind, or just an unidentified digestive challenge, bloating challenge, chronic headache, something like that, sure. If you want to cut out nightshades and see if it helps, do it. But if you've got these bigger rock issues at play, let's just focus on those. That's that's how I feel about that. And that's just one woman's opinion. Yeah. I have a completely different view of nightshades now. You got me a little afraid of my peppers. I don't think you need to be afraid of peppers. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. What are some healing foods and supplements for anxiety and depression? You know what I have gotten back to that I got away from, and I think it's made a huge difference in the last two weeks? Well, let me just ask you, Chris. Do you feel like, because everybody, well, not everybody, but if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that it has been an insanely difficult year for me. I've struggled a lot with anxiety and depression and post-traumatic stress since our daughter died in March. In the last, I would say, 10 to 14 days, I've gotten back to one particular thing, and I think it's made a huge difference in my mood stability. Have you noticed any difference in the last like week to two weeks? With the meditation in the morning no. and the stretching? No. I'm not, I'm, I haven't said what it is yet. I'm just asking if you've seen a difference. Uh, I was, that's one thing I've noticed you doing, so I thought that might have been what it is. No, but that's not what I'm asking. Oh, I mean, yes. What I added was vitamin D. Oh. Now, it was in my multi, but I add oh. Our grill just blew over. Okay. It's a little windy like here. Like straight off the deck? Uh, no, it got stopped by the tree, but the um, the torchera also blew over. Awesome, possum. Let's continue. Okay. Moving forward. <laughs> Something else <laughs> blew this way that I couldn't tell Looks what it like was. Looks like I'll be fixing things after we I get done recording. I think it was recording. a piece of our deck furniture. Oh, my God. Um, it is like super, super, super windy here. What did you say? Gusts up to 60 today? Gusts up to 60 today. Um, anyway, sorry. Where was I? Okay. So vitamin, Added D, vitamin D. Vitamin D is something that's in multis in small amounts. Typically from 200 IUs to 400 IUs. You and IU stands for international unit. You might find a multi with 800 to 1000, but you'd be hard pressed to find that. Anyway, I do take my multi regularly, but I started taking between 5000 and 10000 IUs a day. I basically get um, from Thorn T-H-O-R-N-E. Thorne has a 5,000 IU vitamin D um, capsule, and I take one or two per day. It's especially important at this time of year when it's darker. If you live in an area of the world like we do, it's dark from, you know, 6, 7 a.m. Well, from actually, I did that wrong. From like 4.30 p.m. to like 7 a.m., it's dark, right? And... 
one of the things that manufactures or triggers the manufacture of vitamin D in the body is sunlight. So you're getting way less sunlight. Plus, vitamin D not only helps, a lot of people associate it with like bones and all of that calcium and all of that kind of stuff. But vitamin D actually has a huge impact on mood and mood stability and mood regulation. So I was having a really hard time and I I thought it was partially PTSD, partially this pregnancy, partially the holidays. The holidays, you know, I mean, we're recording this on Christmas. It's, I've thought 100,000 times today how different this day would be if Dagny was here. Um, so I would say that vitamin D is a big one, but don't just rely on like 400, even 1,000 IUs. And always talk to your doctor first. I'm not a medical provider. I'm not establishing any kind of medical advice, just sharing what has worked for me. Um, uh, vitamin D like 5,000 IUs a day. And I won't do 10,000 IUs a day for a long period of time, but sort of as like a, an onboarding dose, a couple of weeks, and then 5,000 IUs a day until it gets a little bit lighter. And then I might do 5,000 IUs every other day during the spring and summer, that sort of thing. Um, I think that's huge. One of the things about vitamin D is it's a fat-soluble vitamin, so you want to take it with a meal. You don't want to take it on an empty stomach. Any of your fat-soluble vitamins, you want to take it with a meal, not on an empty stomach. Your water-soluble vitamins, B, C, etc., you can take those on an empty stomach. Other things, foods, supplements, on the food side of things, honestly, guys, I know nobody wants to hear this, but it's huge. One of the best things you can do for anxiety and depression from the food side of things is avoid sugar. It's huge. Sugar is the ultimate bad mood food. I've done an entire episode on the how and the why of that. Sugar is a bad mood food. Less sugar, more healthy fats, right? More things like salmon, coconut, coconut products, coconut oil, coconut flakes, coconut milk, all of that kind of stuff, um, sardines, anchovies, those are going to be really, really good for your brain. And if they're good for your brain, they're going to really help with anxiety and depression. But the biggest thing from the food side is cut back on the sugar. And then supplement wise, I've done a number of episodes on this, but ashwagandha is an adaptogen. Um, Let's see, maca is really great. Probiotics, certain strains of probiotics are really, really good for anxiety and depression. If you need any links for any of the stuff that I'm personally taking, just message me. Easiest way to do that is on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. And I'm happy to share uh, what I have been taking for anxiety and depression that I found really helpful. So yeah, what you got? My answer was going to be way different. Okay. Chocolate. <laughs> but that seems to be the opposite of everything you yeah, said, and you're more knowledgeable about that's that. That's right. Ignore him. Um, you know, actually, there was an article recently about vitamin D, mm -hmm. and healthy levels of vitamin D are, are said to reduce the chances of COVID Absolutely. And not only that. By about 54%. I know. It's very, very significant. Um, it's going to help your immune system. One of the roles of vitamin D is, is immune protectin protection. So not only is it going to help reduce your chances to get COVID, but it reduces the severity of symptoms dramatically. Yeah. So yet another reason, guys, and I, I'm going to make myself a note right now um, to link to the thorn vitamin D that I take. I'm not an affiliate. I don't have a dog in that fight, but um, it's a good product. Yeah, just like the product. That's a good product. All right, next question. Okay. How did or do you navigate the holidays since we're doing it right now? Uh, what did you do to ensure good self-care? First thing I did this morning before you were even up was my mobility video. 
so I've, I've started this very recently, um, and this is not a commercial for it, no affiliation whatsoever. And there's a lot of different things like it, but I got a subscription to ROMWOD, R-O-M-W-O-D. WOD stands for workout of the day. And essentially, it's not, it's not, I don't consider it a workout. It's like stretching. Mm-hmm. It's a 15 to 20 minute daily stretching video. I am not a particularly flexible person. And add in a six month pregnant baby bump <laughs> and it's like comical like if you were to walk in trying to see me in some of these poses I have to modify a bunch of them just because of of the belly and not being comfortable and and, and then not only that like your balance is just totally shot at this point um so I've committed to doing that regularly for two reasons one kind of related to this answer one not the one not related to this is I think flexibility and mobility are really really important they're important as a part of staying mobile and agile, but they're also really important for injury prevention. So I just figured that's something I want to do daily. It's 15 to 20 minutes. I do it first thing. The other thing that is sort of built in as a benefit that is related to this question about like, what am I doing to navigate self-care during the holidays? It's like mandatory meditation because you're holding these stretches, some of which are comfortable, some of which are not. Some of which I'm like, oh, I should do this like just all the time. Like this is really helpful. This is comfortable. Um, but all you're doing is listening to this gentle music and breathing. And it's not it's not a stressful scene. Some people think of meditation like, oh, my God, my brain is everywhere, blah, 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 blah. Meditation is not about stopping thought. That's conversation for another day. We've talked about that on the podcast before. But um, it really just helps me slow down a little bit. So that's been one thing that I started, Ramwad. Um, the other thing is, you know, in terms of like food kind of stuff during the holidays, I always want to eat in a way that I still feel good afterwards. You know, like it's one, I, I don't have any guilt or shame around indulging. I'm hopeful, you know, we're, this is Christmas morning. We're recording this. We're going to my mom's in a little bit. I'm hopeful that she made these little shortbread cookies that I love. Chris hates them, but I think they're amazing, probably just because they remind me of like being four. But, um, I have no qualms about having those. I just want to do it in a way that I still feel good afterwards. So I don't it's not having 20. Yeah, I don't want to come home and be like, Bleh. you know, I don't want to <laughs> give myself a headache. I don't want to feel like, well, I'll probably feel like I need to take a nap just because I'm pregnant. But I don't want to feel gross S- and, and awful. And and yeah, like yeah. that just feels so crappy. So I feel like that's a big part of it for me is um, eating in a way that I still feel good. You know, so I can have one or two cookies, but I'm not going to have, like Chris said, 20. You know, um, that's a big part of it. And then in terms of, like, good self-care, I'll be really, really honest. I'm okay being sad right now. Like. It's normal given what we've gone through. Yeah, I am profoundly sad that Dagny is not here. Yeah. And And I'm thrilled that. I'm pregnant and we're expecting another baby, but like that's not a replacement for Dagny and it doesn't um, eliminate everything we've been through. But um, I think self-care is like not forcing it. You know, one of the things that makes me crazy and Chris hears this every night. Snoring? No. It's the dog. It's the dog. There's some people that it feels really good to connect with right now. And there's some people that it doesn't feel really good to connect with right now. And I, 
I don't take a lot of phone calls. No. I mean, I'm really, and not only that, it's not even just like certain people. It's certain times, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. I don't want to have a conversation. Uh, like, facts. I just want to like chill out. And so one of the things that I'm doing for self-care is I'm not feeling bad about it. I just don't answer the phone. And if they don't, you know, catch on that 24 nights in a row, I don't answer. It's kind of not my problem. This feels, you know? this feels directed. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's not relaxing to me. It doesn't feel good to me. It, it, the idea of having conversations when I'm really trying to just like check out, turn off. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to me. So I just don't do it. Um, but I also, I bought uh, a few kettlebells. I have several. I gave some to my mom because she's been working out at home since COVID. Um, and then I have a 55-pound one in my office. But can't do a ton with the 55-pound kettlebell, to be honest with you. I like it for deadlifts. I like it for goblet squats. I like it for um, hip hinges. I even like it for swings sometimes in small doses. Um, but I bought some lighter ones for in the house. I think I bought two 12-pounders and a 35-pounder. And... Throughout the day, I'll just do some shoulder press or some kettlebell swings or some goblet squats. And it's not it's not a workout by any stretch, but movement is really good. They say motion changes emotion. It's really true. So even if it's 20 squats or 20 shoulder press, it's something. And I think that that's, that's really big. But my my primary sense is... It is okay to be sad. It's just not okay to like have that drive choices that then make me feel worse. So I don't know. That's what I'd say about that. And we'll we'll continue with that line. In uh, what do you have any tips for meditation? Is that the next question? Yeah. Well, you see how seamlessly I did it. You weren't sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well done. Well done. No raise for you, but well done. Pat uh. on head. <laughs> tips for meditation the biggest one is stop judging it and having this idea that it should look like this like zen enlightenment experience and if it's short of that then you suck if I you're mean, not doing it in a japanese rock garden what's the point yeah, or or if you started thinking about your grocery list or thought this sucks this is boring that you screwed up no you didn't the drama around meditation is what keeps people from it the judgment and the just the the negativity. Meditation is not about stopping thought. It's what our brains do, right? I can be super, super focused here. And when a huge gust of wind goes, I'm paying attention to that because my brain gives me those thoughts to keep us safe. So that if the propane tank flies off the deck and through the window of my office, like I'm, I'm aware of that. Thought is our brain's job. It's not wrong. It's not a problem. And turning it off is not a thing. Turning off your brain is not a thing you want to do. Like everybody says that, oh, I wish I could turn my brain off. I get the sentiment, but no, you don't. Like you really don't. Um, meditation is about slowing down and being aware. So you can be thinking, oh my gosh, I forgot to get a gift for so-and-so, and what am I going to do about this? And oh, I'd really love to have a sandwich for lunch, and I can't believe I had those cookies last night, and what are the kids doing? What was that noise? That is not a meditation failure. Observing it and just sitting and not reacting to everything 
is what meditation is all about. And you might have some really quiet, restful moments where you don't have that ping pong ball thought experience. And that's wonderful. And you might feel like, gosh, it seems like every time I meditate, I have more of those moments. And then you sit down to meditate and it's a total train wreck. Nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. You're not broken. That is very, very normal. I remember when I was first practicing transcendental meditation, it seemed like every session got better and got deeper. And then I'd have like two in a row that were like not deep at all. They were super surface level. I was thinking about work the whole time. And I'd be like, oh, what did I do wrong? Nothing, nothing at all. What meditation helps us do is slow down and react less. So sitting quietly for 60 seconds is a form of meditation. Paying attention to your breathing for 30 seconds is a form of meditation. Stretching without listening to a podcast or watching TV or whatever else, that is a form of meditation. So my number one tip for meditation is don't judge it, just do it. Wow. Credit to Nike for the second half of that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we own no. <laughs> <laughs> False, actually. I do oh, oh you do stuff. own some of That's Nike. Right. Okay. Uh, what are you doing in response to your Hashimoto's diagnosis? And this is the final question. The final question. So we'll be, we'll be uh, finishing up after this question, I guess. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, uh, my brain just kind of <laughs> went meditation. <laughs> um, my Hashimoto's diagnosis. Okay. To, for those of you that aren't familiar, so several years ago I was diagnosed borderline Hashimoto's, was medicated for like maybe two weeks, but felt like it was immediately under control with some diet and lifestyle modifications. Uh, in this second pregnancy, uh, definitely a different situation. I got a pretty severe diagnosis of Hashimoto's. Um, just lab values really messed up. They started me on Synthroid pretty much right away, which I wasn't resistant to. I, I think there's a time and a place for prescription drugs. Not only that, I'm pregnant, so like, gotta gotta get that right for baby because if it goes untreated, it can impact baby's growth. And then like, I think maybe within six weeks, they increased my dose twice, I think is probably what happened because my body, like it wasn't enough and I was already started on a high dose and then it went higher and then it went higher. Um, I tested again, I think in another week to see, but the biggest thing is taking my meds daily. The second biggest thing is really focusing on nutrition and sleep, eating well. Certain things make Hashimoto's worse, like processed foods and sugar. Um, so I'm really trying to get lots of good healthy fats, really trying to focus on whole foods, toxin-free, all the stuff I had been doing. Um, I haven't been super great about exercise in this pregnancy, but since the Hashimoto's diagnosis, I've certainly been better about that. Um, so just continuing week after week to try to get even a little bit better than that. Um, but the truth is, the number one thing you can do for an autoimmune kind of thing, I mean, if you're on medication, taking your medication is prescribed, but it's really 90% diet and lifestyle. Um, hormonally in pregnancy, I think the reason it's been hard to like pick a prescription dose and stay there is because my hormones are changing so dramatically week by week. So that's made that part more difficult. But I know the most important thing I can do is eat well, sleep well, stress less, move. That's it. And it's, it's not about perfection. I still have 
sweets and that's okay, but it's about minimizing them and maximizing whole foods. So, I mean, I wish that I had like some magic trick. I take my supplements very, very consistently. I did a whole blog on what supplements I'm taking at this point in pregnancy and what I was taking before I got pregnant. So you can go to primalpotential.com and check out the blog and all of that information is there along with links. But yeah, my medication, nutrition, and supplementation are really the biggest things. So Hmm. with that, we're giving away $100. $100. $100. And here's the way that you can win $100. So Nero's. We will announce the winner of the $100 on January 1st inside the free Primal Potential Facebook group. If you're not in there, you can join. It's very easy. Um, We approve people in every day. Um, And all you have to do to win is post on your Facebook or your Instagram. Tag me with either your favorite episode of this podcast or an episode of this podcast that you have loved and we will randomly select a winner and announce that winner on January 1st in the free Primal Potential Facebook group. Does that sound good? I think it sounds great. Anything you're excited about for Christmas? Um, Since it is Christmas and we're recording this. I'm excited to see what your mom made for food. <laughs> You've asked I, me a couple times, and, what's your mom made? And then I'm excited to come back and nap and relax a bit. There you go. All right, everybody have a wonderful day. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas if you observe the holiday, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.